0: for the first time compulsive sexual behavior which of course is commonly called sex addiction has been classified as a mental health disorder uh, by the WHO uh, on its international classification of diseases list now it's a very controversial decision indeed our very own clinical sexologist dr eve has said many times that it's not a diagnosis that she subscribes to let's take a listen to an interview that we did with dr eve a few months ago as she explains her stance on of sexual behavior?
1: Well, it's not just my belief, when I say I don't believe, I talk as a clinician and somebody who does research and follows uh, evidence-based medicine. And based on the classification system of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, um, we certainly do not have enough evidence to prove that there is such a thing as sex addiction. So it isn't in the DSM-5, which came out in 2013, and doesn't look as if it's going to be in the next DSM when either that will come out. So in order for anything to be classified as addiction, it needs to meet a certain amount of criteria, and the sex addiction um, just didn't meet those criteria at all. So therefore, we have taken a... Uh, I belong to the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors and Therapists, and we've taken a very strong position, a very strong position, on the fact that we absolutely deny uh, the term sex addiction and we also will dismiss anybody from our ranks. We will demerit anybody who actually practices whatever form of sex addiction they claim will cure whatever they name as sex addiction. So when people will present with um, so-called sex addiction, what I, as a clinician, will be looking for is other kinds of traumas, other kinds of pathologies that are driving behaviour which manifests as sexual behaviour. It's, um, you know, incredibly stigmatising and harmful to call somebody a sex addict. So I would rather be looking at the brain of this person and wondering what kind of trauma that brain has experienced. That that brain is seeking us, as Lena said, some kind of solace, some kind of of healing and relief from feelings which are really uncomfortable. And oftentimes those are very out of control feelings. And the only way that a person can feel relief from the feelings, escape from the feelings, is through. Certain behaviours, and one of those behaviours would be viewing of pornography and um, perhaps um, other sexual, out of control sexual behaviour for them.
0: Okay, so that's Dr. Eve, uh, our clinical sexologist, Dr. Eve, speaking about her take uh, on compulsive sexual behaviour and why she rejects the term uh, sex addiction. Now, I have an enormous amount of respect for uh, for Dr. Eve. However that's not something that i agree with i i believe that sex addiction is uh, is very real um and uh, and we we both we choose to disagree in fact we were having a conversation the other day and she said we need to talk more in depth about this and she's she's probably right but Whatever your whatever your belief is, the fact of the matter is is that uh, compulsive sexual behaviour, or more commonly called sex addiction, has now been classified as a mental health disorder by the World Health Organization. Uh, Lee Joy is a holistic practitioner uh, and addictions counsellor who says that she's worked with many people struggling with sex addiction. Uh, so, what does she make of this classification? Let's ask her. Hi, Lee.
1: Hi, Sarah Dan. How
0: are you? Yes, yeah, super, super. So yes. listen, you've heard what dr. Eve has has to say uh, about the reasons that she doesn't uh, subscribe to the idea of of sex addiction, but is this now this classification, is that ultimately n- now doing that? Is it saying, okay, there is a criteria, and if you meet these criteria, you can therefore you can diagnose sex addiction.
1: I think the one thing that I just wanted to highlight was that what Dr. Eve said is that anybody who claims to be able to cure sex addiction will be demerited um, from the ranks. And um, as far as I know, nobody can be cured from sex addiction. It's a lifelong disease. It's a mental disorder that we um, teach our clients how to live with, uh, with deep compassion. And uh, a huge part of the work that we do is shame reduction that she quite rightfully spoke about. Um, Two things that she omits in the clinical, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In how the criteria so the how I counsel my clients is three things that create a sex addict. Mm -hmm. One is trauma, as she said. The second thing is bonding or attachment to parental figures. And the third thing is neural pathways. So if we look at addiction from a classification point of view, I'd be interested to know what classification she's looking for in order to not call it an addiction. Um, She's right that it's not in the DSM, uh, um, the, the current one, and it's interesting to see how the World Health, Org- or- World Health Organization has chosen to classify this now. I think it's making steps to be able to in- incorporate it in the next DSM.
0: So le- let's talk more about the work that you do, um, because presumably, I mean, you, you are referring to people as, as sex addicts. And whilst I, again, I, you know, my my, my opinions differ from those of Dr. Eve, because I, be- you know, I think the term sex addict. Um, describes some, describes what what somebody may experience in the same way that being a drug addict or a oh, or whatever, um, you know, I identify myself as a recovering drug addict because I was addicted to drugs. Um, mm-hmm and or, uh yeah um, so so whilst I understand the element of shame that, that it may not be a helpful term I think it's an accurate one let's talk a little bit about the type of work that you do um, with with people who display compulsive sexual behavior uh, and and you say it's not curable so how does one first of all how how would you if somebody came to you what what is your response if they say listen I'm I'm watching a great deal of pornography I'm acting out sexually in this way what what is your what is your first sort of port of call what's the first thing that you need to do as a as a counsellor
1: that's a really great question it's the three causes of sex addiction and i i call it sex addiction because it's like you said sarah jane Let's call it something uh, uh, so that we can get past the terminology, get past the semantics and start helping people. So for me, it's not really about the name um, sex addiction compulsivity, but in order so that we understand each other, and we can, like I said, get on with it and start helping people Um is looking at their trauma. Now trauma is something um Dr. Eve said in, in the interview that uh, she wasn't sure if we um okay let me not <laughs> uh let me not get hooked in. Um Okay, so trauma is the one thing that we look at, but we don't go. I'm, one of my specialities is trauma. I worked for SAT for a while as a as a, a trauma counsellor, and I've um, my my supervisor is a, uh, a trauma specialist, so I'm mentored in that uh, arena. Um, so I look at trauma, but I'm very wary to, to unpack the, what we call the trauma boxes because I don't want to re-traumatize my clients, which means that they're going to act out even more with pornography or um, sexually maladaptive behaviors. So I think it's important. The, the easiest way I know how to understand sex addiction is it's not actually about the sex or the porn. It's about the relationship to sex so or the relationship to porn. So I look at how the, I look at how trauma is, their past trauma in their youth is affecting their current life. Uh, the second thing is how they were uh, bonded with their parents or their caregivers and in what way is that affecting their current life. And then we have a look at their neural pathways and you we were talking earlier about apps. There's a really brilliant app called Brain Buddy that helps sex addicts um, with their with, with getting clean and, and staying in recovery. It's really brilliant. It's got meditations and all sorts of things in it, but that helps with the neural pathways and taking and minimizing the uh, the, the hits that the sex addicts, porn addicts get from the uh, from watching porn.
0: Do you think that this, you know, and I said in the intro that this, uh, this decision by the WHO is a controversial decision? What? In what sense would you say, I mean, would you agree with that? And in what sense is it that it's likely to, uh, where previously perhaps clinicians have, uh, shunned the term sex addict or shunned or, or not, not wanted to categorize, uh, compulsive sexual behavior as a mental disorder, uh, that it's now going to mean reframing how we view
1: sex addiction for want of a better term? Yes, it's interesting for me because we sit with clinicians that sit on the board of the of the World Health Organization that didn't want that classification to be classified, so mm. it becomes controversial because and and for what reason Lee? I, that's really hard for me to tell I, I I think that Sheridan, you're going to get me into trouble. <laughs> why Uh, (laughs) no i I, i'm I'm quite opinionated about these things and i think that that if we don't live in integrity and we don't live uh authentically then we're going to get angry about things that yeah i i can't answer that i can't answer why why some people would would um be against The term sex addiction, it it doesn't make sense to me because for me, the more people that that are out there and being able to say, listen, hey, I've got a problem, let's help them. Instead, now we're fighting and saying, no, we're going to demerit you and you're not going to be able to work. And you know what? So more people aren't being helped. I, I don't get it.
0: Let's take let's take for example somebody that you've been working with for a while, and we've we've spoken, uh, and we'll play in just a second. Um, following this interview, uh, just a clip from the interview that we did uh, with with Dr. Reed that you'll have heard, but also joining us uh, on uh, that show was Lee, who is uh, by his own identification a sex addict and is a member of Sex Addicts Anonymous, uh, and he spoke about the the impact that his uh, that his addiction uh, has had on his life and how he's uh, found recovery. Um, So let's talk a minute about uh, the recovery from sex addiction. You say it's not a case of being cured, but there is a path to recovery is possible. Um, Just talk about what that might look like, because whenever we talk about uh, sex addiction, people always message in and say, but but how can, you know, I understand when people uh, perhaps are drug addicts or alcoholics and they choose not to drink anymore, but for most people the idea of swearing off sex for the rest of their life just isn't tenable
1: yeah and that's not that wouldn't be the um that wouldn't be the way that we would go about treating someone with sex addiction sure there would be a time of refraining from or abstinence from sexual compulsivity just so that we can reset the neural pathways so the the road to recovery looks different for each person because each person is unique. So there would be a period whereby I, I listened to that interview and I thought that Lee was absolutely amazing. I had such a mm, great soul mm. and I admire what he had to say and how honest he was. And he's very really, I can hear he was a really solid program, what we call solid program because he's so knowledgeable about sex addiction. And Dr. Patrick Kahn is one of, he was like the, godfather of sex addiction uh, research and uh, Paula Hall uh, Dr. Patrick Kahn is the, from the USA and Paula Hall is from the UK. I'm going to go and do some studies with her at the end of the year but um, the path to recovery is really about learning to have a new relationship and a healthy relationship with sex. So Lee spoke about where he went through a, a period of, um, anorexia, sexual anorexia, mm. which is where he wasn't having sex. So there again, he was actively in his sex addiction because his relationship to sex wasn't healthy. So you'll get different, uh, people on the, di- on different Parts of the spectrum. So recovery looks like a period of abstinence, and then there's a period whereby I um, I like to work where I add things into people's lives: meditation, drinking water, movement or exercise, a variety of things that I add to their lives. And um, we start focusing on on healthy coping mechanisms. We talk about. Um, Uh, bonding experiences and attachment disorders. We talk about trauma, if it is affecting their lives in that moment. But I use cognitive behavioral therapy uh, in in reframing their core beliefs about themselves. And slowly but surely over time, they come to have a deep compassion for themselves. And the shame is reduced, so their need to act out is less... Oh, hello, Lee, are you there? Yes. Yes, yes. good.
0: Sorry, yes, they need to act out is?
1: Is lessened. Okay. So, so the, um, it's, it's quite a long journey to, uh, being in therapy with sex addiction. It's not something that happens overnight. It is a process addiction, Sarah-Jane. So like eating and gambling, uh, we need to learn how to have a healthy relationship with food and with money. The same is with sex addiction.
0: Here's why I think that this is an important step forward. It's because once you've once you've said, yes, this is a mental illness, it means that a number of people suffering from it, um, whatever the term it may be. But once it's been recognized as a mental disorder means that suddenly help is available yeah. um, and, and is and is and. With it being recognised, so that's why I think it's important. That said, even if it hadn't been recognised, people have been by the WHO as as this as a mental disorder. People have been, and I'm sure will continue to receive help for sexual addiction uh, from people like yourself, from from treatment centres, from from uh, self help groups, uh, and there is help out there. And I think that's the most important thing to to note, wouldn't you say?
1: I totally agree, Sarah Jane Hall. If I, how do I say to the, the men and women that sit on my couches in floods of tears of how sex addiction has ripped through their lives mm. and I turn to them and say, sorry, you're not suffering from anything. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. I, 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 I just, the hundreds of people that i've seen the uh, and and the beautiful work that that these very brave very broken but very brave um, men and women have chosen to stand up and 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 be accountable and take responsibility for their lives you know it's we we have awful experiences as teenagers and as young people and that's not their fault but taking responsibility for their lives and and making good choices is their responsibility and is a, is a good way to live their lives. So it's, I have a, a deep compassion for sex addicts. I, it's, 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 I'm very passionate about this work. I feel very humbled to hold space for people who are so broken and, uh, and to see the level. It's a very difficult disease to recover from because we really need to look at systemically uh, and partners are often very traumatized by their partner's yeah. behavior. And it, and, and family systems that need to be, you know, really strengthened and, 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 and bolstered. I, uh, also working with the partners of sex addicts who are highly traumatized, uh, individuals need support. And if, the, if it's not systemically, and when I say systemically, as in the partners and the family members, if the whole system is not supported, then the relapse rate is very, very high.
0: Lee, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for sharing and for spending time with us uh, and uh, for giving us uh, your insight. It's a pleasure. Thank
1: you for having me on.
0: So uh, prior to our conversation with Lee then, we listened to a short clip uh, from a conversation that I had with Dr Eve earlier this year about why she doesn't accept the term sex addiction. During that same conversation we were also joined by Lee, uh, a different Lee, who is a member of Sex Addicts Anonymous and identifies as a sex addict. Let's take a little listen to Lee's story now. Can you talk about your, uh, your experience particularly with with pornography? Mm. When were you introduced to pornography?
2: Probably at about the age of 11. Sure. Through magazines and, you know, before the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, my journey with porn is that I, I believe I, 100% I was completely addicted to it. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't go for a couple of hours without it, just like I could with my drugs, uh, or I couldn't with my drugs. And um, for me, I've always seen um, uh, addiction as a, as, a, as a, you know, as a progression. So you know, my my drug of choice got a lot harder the older I got, and the more I used, and the porn that I used uh, got a lot darker as well. Yeah. Um, and the porn had just as much of an effect in my life in terms of unmanageability as, as, as the drugs did, you know.
0: When you say mm. the porn got harder, was that mm. uh, was that because what you had previously wo- been watching no longer stimulated you to the same extent and you needed something more?
2: Absolutely. I think my arousal template started to shift, you know. And um, so something that I'd watched maybe two years ago would do, would do nothing for me. You know, so I'd have to get into darker stuff and stuff that was, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries, you know, just for me to get that high. Yeah. You know? And
0: and when, when you're doing that, when, mm. you're, when you're watching that pornography, uh, I'm assuming that you're not sitting there having a great
2: time. No, it was awful. It yeah. was shameful. Um, my behavior was was shocking. You know, I didn't know how to communicate with people. Um also what happened is I was married once uh, a couple of years ago and I was I was clean off drugs and alcohol for a while and my I was clean off my um inner circle behaviors of, of, of um of my acting out. And I was very unhappy in my relationship, so I started I knew I couldn't use drugs again. So mm. I started watching porn uh to 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 escape, you know. Um but over time, you know, the, the porn affected me so badly that I couldn't um You know, I couldn't sleep with my wife without having, relying on the images to, to be aroused, you know. So instead of, um, you know, dealing with that guilt and shame around the imagery in my head. Uh, While well, having sex, I started to abstain from having sex with my wife because I was trying to avoid the guilt and shame. So I became sexually anorexic.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was
2: a whole other level. Talk to, it, to yeah. us
0: about yeah, and and mm. I've heard this many many times before about mm. the, the the sexual anorexia yes. coming. And also, Um talk to me a little bit about the the dynamic with your wife. Mm. Presumably, she didn't know. Look, or did mean, she know, she, or not, to the extent? Yeah, yeah,
2: and, and, and uh, I agree with the doctor. I mean, it's it's you know the porn isn't the problem. You know, just like cocaine wasn't my problem. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm the yeah, problem. me
0: too. Yeah, you exactly. know, I, I'm the problem. It's yeah. not the
2: substance. It's not it's not the porn. It's not the content. Um, but my wife was in in recovery. You know, and she knew she knew that I was. Um, you know, dealing with with sex, uh, sex addiction, and 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 you know, romance addiction, if you want to call mm, it that. Mm. Um, so we had a very open relationship, you know, but there were times I think when I started, you know, watching porn again, and I started acting out and voyering and all of that stuff. Then I, I started to keep secrets again, you know. So I didn't, I didn't give a full disclosure, mm. um, which is always a very, very uh, tricky, uh, very, very tricky topic. Secrets um, keep you sick. They say. Yeah, that, that that sort of sort of thing, you know. But um, because of my behaviour. And because I wasn't completely honest, and um you know it kind of just all fell apart, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean the, the the porn and the acting art completely destroyed my marriage.